is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Critics Corner Podcast. I am William Locke, and joining me, do- as he does every week, is Luis Barranco. Luis, how you doing? What's going on? I mean, we had a, we had another week of baseball, as as we would say. Um, I had to endure. I, I actually have a list of teams that I watched this week, and I would like to get your initial reaction of this list of teams that I watched. Um, here we go. I ended up watching the following teams, and I think I want to take my eyes out because I've seen the Reds, the Pirates, the Diamondbacks, the Blue Jays, the Angels, Rays. Thank God I did not tune in to watch the – oh, and I also watched Baltimore. Thank God I did not watch Texas or Oakland this weekend because I think I might might have not shown up today for the podcast, to be honest. Well, that Angels-Blue um, Jays game yesterday was interesting. Bro, can I can, can I just have a, like, a quick minute? Because I actually got to watch a lot of that series. I watched two out of the three games. It was a four-gamer. Uh, four I, I didn't see today. I saw, I saw a Friday no, no, night. It was, it was Thursday through Sunday. That's Blue right. But I saw, a, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw Friday and Sunday. So, freaking Jose Barrios is a freaking pinata. I am literally bashing him right now, and he's on my fantasy team, which I have just tanked all fantasy value. Yes, and you tried to trade him to me, and I'm like, I'm not dumb. I know I watch the games. I, I know he's not the same this year. He literally, I like, this dude has his curveball has turned into a pinata. Like I like that ball just floats. Like Otani took two out, and he took one. Otani took one out to right. And the right's pretty – I think right's 350 over in, in L.A.? Something like that. Oh, right field, they, they got – it's easy to hook it around that foul. Not, he didn't hook it. He didn't hook it like, you know, not like uh, hooking it like at uh, Boston. He hit it to the scoreboard they oh, got out there. Oh, like, that's center. pretty funny. Yeah, like 350. And then he hit one towards the rocks, the dead center. Like, yeah. and every time he took a swing, like, like those guys knew – on the Angels, that if they got that ball thrown out to them, like it was an easy like pitch to drive because everybody was shaking home run hacks and, and I they mean lost the game though. Well, yeah, they had a they had a rough outing from Pablo Sandoval, who uh, not Pablo Patrick Sandoval. Pablo Sandoval's Kung Fu Panda, but Patrick Sandoval had a I think it was under one one and a half ERA. Or, uh, he definitely a one something ERA, definitely under two. He was pitching great, and then they got to him. I mean, bats came alive, and it's surprising because Teoscar Hernandez was having a tough year. Uh, Vlad Guerrero was out yesterday. He didn't didn't play. And so it was just, you know, I learned the game showed me more about Toronto. And, I mean, you and me both are – you and me were – you've seen more Toronto than me, but – They've shown me more. I, I saw them last two weeks ago versus the Reds or a week. I can't remember when they played the Reds. I saw that series and I saw this series. They're one of those teams that played down to their cup. Like, yeah. Like when they played the Reds, like they literally put two runs one day and won the game. Then yesterday they put up 11 at, on one of the best offenses in baseball. And we're talking like Angels were healthy. The only guy that was out with Anthony Rendon. Rendon and you know it's just like they're just such a frustrating team to watch because you can see how good they can be and then the other thing is too is that their pitching and their bullpen is not good 
it's Finally. just it's just not good. It's just like pinatas, and I know yesterday's a bad bad day to like talk about them because they were down a bunch of arms because they had a I think they used five or six arms on Saturday night, but like if you get to that team early, like that you will have a good chance at winning the game, you know? Yeah, and I told you. I've been saying for a while, I feel like they kind of came in the season with like a sense of arrogance. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a young team and, you know, uh, we, we kind of talked about it in our group chat yesterday because, you know, I, I watched formula one and, and, you know, Ferrari's having a really good year and they absolutely like had a disaster class. I won't get into it that deep, but you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, t- there's bad, there, there's bad teams for a reason, you know, and it, takes time learning how to win like you could have like toronto is a very very talented team like we look at their lineup one through nine and their bench and they're very talented guy they're getting really good production from guys like santiago espinal and all those guys but they don't know how to win and like knowing how to win is such an under talked about skill that you know you see, you'll see like bad games from them. Like this week, they had a really good week. We'll talk about them later. But we, you, know. you see it in the NBA. Like it takes years of playoff scars to like learn how to win. Like yeah. the Grizzlies were extremely talented this year, but going up against the Warriors, that's just a team that knows how to win. And Boston, even they had their playoff scars, making back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, and I think it was seventeen and eighteen, and then making it to the finals this year. It, like there's very rarely do we see teams make the finals that haven't had those playoff scars. Giannis last year. Um, so it's, yeah. Le- we learning see- how to win is definitely something that comes with time. And, and, you know, going back on that division with the ALS and the angels and like, you know, the angels are the angels and blue Jays are in the same type of team range. Like they're two really good, they're good teams, but I don't want to put them in like really good because they lack a, they lack fundamental pieces. Like we see the blue Jays, they lack arms and so do the angels. And then the other issue with both of those teams is they're young. They don't know how to win. Like you look at the angels roster and yeah, it's older, but like there's not that much playoff experience. There's there's hardly any, I guess Rendon. I mean, he won a title in Washington, but then you go look at their, But, but, but Rendon has been like one of their worst players this season. Well, he's, he's turned it on in the month of May. And now he's on the injured list. Now he's on the injured list, so it's it's kind of tough. But if they don't have that much playoff experience, so it's just like that's that's just kind of my little like soapbox on on what I yeah. saw. You look at the teams that are in first place right now: Yankees, playoff scars, have learned how to win. Astros, plenty of playoff experience on that roster, and I mean the Twins. We'll get into them pretty soon here. Not a ton of playoff experience, but they do have Correa, and they made the playoffs and like 2019 against the Yankees, like, and then the Dodgers have playoff experience, obviously the Mets sort of, um, not really. And then yeah, in the central will be the Brewers who they've been in the playoffs recently as well. So yeah, but the, the favorites to win the world series all have those playoff scars already, but let's get into the main topic. Well, we have really two or three main things we're going to talk about today on the podcast before we get into our, you know, every, team of the week and all that stuff that we do every week, but it's a weird week. It's a weird week in baseball. I'll admit like, it's a very weird week. Not going to lie to you. It was a weird week because the biggest story coming out of baseball this year was something that, or this week that was something that didn't even happen on the field. It was 
the Tommy Pham, Jock Peterson incident. I don't know what day it was, Wednesday or Thursday, where Pham slaps Jock Peterson in the in the face during batting practice out in the outfield. Apparently, Pham, who plays for the Reds, accused Jock Peterson, who plays for the Giants, of cheating in their fantasy football league last year. And reportedly, Peterson was stashing players on his bench or like misusing the injured list. Um, and Peterson basically said he looked up the rules and he didn't break any rules, but Tommy Pham, I guess, took some sort of offense or was irritated with the way Jock Peterson was managing his injured players on his fantasy team. And yeah, this is just a very bizarre story. Apparently there was. Why, why are we going in death about this? Like, this is like, I know I just need, so people need to know at least what happens if they, if they didn't know what happened. Okay. Well, I'm just like, this not is, everyone knows what happened. And like, I understand it's a money league thing. Cause that's one of the bigger part money league. And like Jock did was like, Josh did, did, you know, send that meme, taking the piss at Tommy fam. But you so, know, it's like, also for the listeners that haven't seen, go watch Jock Peterson's interviews in the, in the clubhouse. They're, they're very funny and insightful. Peterson basically was not afraid to say what happened. He laid it all out there. Uh, he, he said that, so Jock said that he sent a meme to their group chat last fall, um, basically saying the Padres suck. It was kind of a funny meme. It had to do with weightlifting and the Padres guy not being able to do the lift or something. But No, it was, it was the meme. The meme was... The, there's a Padres, Giants, and a Dodgers because I think it was a. I want to call it, to make it easier. I think it was like an NLS fantasy football league at least. You know, yes. Poor, poor, poor old Diamondbacks and Rockies missing out on the fun. You know, like like hey, you know, Rockies fans' lives matter, and so <laughs> Diamondbacks fans' lives matter. But they were they were holding like they were weightlifting, and the Padres dude gets crushed. Right, and then Jock is like. Oh yeah, it's kind of funny because you know, at that time they were supposed to make the playoffs and they were a really good team and they just you know they were playing bad. Yeah, and Fam was on the Padres at the time and he again got offended by that. And Fam said after the game, whenever uh, they played last week, he said we had too much money on the line. So I look at it like there's a code. You're fucking with my money, then you're going to say some disrespectful shit. <laughs> there's a code to this, but. Here's where I take offense to that. Like, Jock didn't do anything wrong. He, he didn't break the rules of the fantasy football league. So I'm team Jock. I don't know about you, but I'm on Jock's side with this. Fam had no business slapping him in the face. How all, you, all, uh, all, this is, all this is doing is giving the Reds more airtime that they need to have. So I think you, Bobka, whatever his name is, Castellini is having a great time with this. I'm to the point where it's just like, cool, like, what, like, why are we talking about this? We get it. The Padres fucking bottled the season. They absolutely got, like. So is fam in the wrong? Like, who? I, I don't know. I have to look at, I have to look at the teams. I have to look what happened. I, I can't, because, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I don't care about this. Okay. All right. Well, we had to talk about it because it's, it's like, it's just like, we're giving too much time to Tommy Pham, a dude on the red. that's probably going to get traded at the deadline. And Jock Peterson who's probably going to be on another team next season. Cause that's just the nature of the game, but mm-hmm. he's been very good this year. Yeah. But wasn't he, he's, he's like been going on every single other team every year. I know, he's been bouncing around. 
Yeah, which is weird because he's a good player. But regardless, final note, Fam got a three-game suspension and a fine for inappropriate conduct, and he accepted the suspension without appeal. So, hey, you, you know the Reds were happy about getting that fine money because the, they need that fine money. Um, other than that, um, that's all we have to talk about. That yeah, we yeah. We, we had to we had to cover it at least. Yeah, uh, I I, I kind of want to go with this topic. Um, I, we posted Friday on the Critics Corner account. Um, Rockies released their uh, their City Connect jerseys. Uh, do you see those? Yes. Well, well, give me give me your take on the City Connects. I don't I don't like the the pants, the green pants. I I don't think baseball pants should ever be green like that. You don't I think, think they're pretty, I think they're pretty ugly. And also another thing that I had like. Is there anything else in Denver besides the freaking altitude and the mountains? Because every time that the Nuggets, Avalanche, now Rockies have like a special uniform, it always has to do with the elevation of the city and the mountains and all that stuff. But there has to be other stuff. Like there's other things to define Colorado. Joe would probably know, but I just find it kind of annoying that anytime anything special comes from Denver sports, like uniform wise or court wise, it has to do with the freaking elevation of the city. Like, to be honest, I don't care what the freaking elevation is of mountains. You got to get the mountains in there. Like, why didn't they have, like, they should have had, like, I don't know, like, fucking marijuana flowers on their, on their jerseys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. It's Denver, Colorado, the first state. Hey, the whole country is not liberal like that. You know, if you do, if you, if that's, I guess that's the main thing that I think of in Denver besides the mountains is everyone out there smoking pot. If the Rockies go to Texas with weed uniforms, I don't think they'll be well received. (laughs) That would be funny. That would make people watch baseball, though. But I mean, you know, baseball, you know, man, pretty about it. You know what I just saw? This dude is taking the piss at them. This guy posted a meme of the Colorado Rockies uniform. And you know what they put? The license plate. The Colorado license plate. Does it look like the license plate? I don't know what the Colorado Go, go look at the – go search it right now. The Colorado license plate. All right. And it looks – the uniform looks exactly like the license plate. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, it actually does. It's the same color scheme. It's the exact same color scheme. And the mountains look identical. No, you know what? You know what? You know what the Rockies marketing team did? They literally just got their license plate. Zoomed in to, like, one of the mountains on the license plate. And they went in with Photoshop and colored it in white. Make it look like snow. Make it look good. I like the uniform. But now looking at this, this is like, (laughs) this is like, it's like, it's like you're a high schooler. You go, like, you know, you go take a plagiarize. They plagiarize the freaking license plates. Yeah. Well, the hats are okay. I like the logo on the hats. You know what the hats look like? Huh? You know what the hats look like? I wear what? They look like the hats scream to me. A dude, I'm 28, 29. I live in Colorado and I drink craft beer. I know. I was going to say that. That logo looks like it belongs on a dad hat, not a baseball hat. No, but it, but it's just like some dude, like I could just see some dude wearing Oakley's yeah. and that hat drinking craft beers at like five o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. And I don't like how the belt's white either. So much more to call. I feel like there's more to Colorado than the freaking elevation. Anyway, uh, what about uh, what about the Angels ones? Because I think the Angels ones are the best ones yet. Actually, I think those are pure. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Angels. I mean, I saw some people didn't like them. I, I read our our poll. I like them. You know, 
they they um what they did with their uniforms it's it's simple but at the same time it's like it's simple to the point that it's like it's not doing too much they look like the classic ones you remember like the classic logo i was gonna say they kind of look like throwbacks the california angels and i know you have a hat because i remember when you and me went to the red sox uh, angels game you got the California Angels hat, and you know right. it's very simple. And I like that it's not white; it's kind of like that cream, that cream, cream. Yeah, I think so, yeah. uniforms are nice. Yeah, the cream, the creams, creams are nice. I like what they do with the uniforms. I mean, just simple. Sometimes just being simple with the uniforms is yes. great. Don't have to do too much. Because if you go and you do something like Boston, that you're looking like a fucking like the Boston ones that we talked about those Boston ones look like you're a traffic cone or some shit, <laughs> but it has to do with the Boston marathon. I like them. But if you wear those, you either look like a traffic cone or a dude handling traffic. Well, okay. None will ever be as bad as the giants. They look like a freaking middle school travel team in those. <laughs> office hey man, they man. literally look so dumb in those helmets too. It's awful. Miami's up there too, but you Miami's know. are good. I don't like my Hemis, bro. I like them. You know, but you know that, that we're getting off topic. So, so grade grade me the Colorado uniforms before we get to the main topic today. Four point two. Four point two. I'm giving them a solid six point five seven. And I'm giving the Angels a uh, nine point four. Eight point five. Because I, I just think the best you the best city connects are either the White Sox ones or the Diamondbacks ones. I still rock those on MLB the Show. Like, <laughs> yeah. those, what? Serpiente's one? Yeah, the cream, the cream's nice. They wore them Friday night versus the Dodgers. The cream uniforms look good in baseball. Those, and, the, and it kind of goes with the color scheme. I like them. And then I like the White Sox ones. Like, that, that, just, that just screams their whole team. And yep. we'll talk Fair about enough. the topic. So let's All get right. off to it. What do we got today? What, what's yeah. on the, t- the main topic today is we had to have an intervention about the Minnesota Twins. I feel like every week, Last week was like a Cardinals intervention. This week, we're going to have a Twins intervention. At some point, we might need to have an intervention with the Braves. And when I say intervention, it could be good or bad. Last week, it was kind of neutral. This week, it's like, are the Twins freaking legit? Like, are they actually good? Are they going to win this division by a good amount? They're 29 and 20, first in the American League Central. Chicago's four and a half back. They're still at 500. Well, Chicago, Chicago's hurt. That's their big well, issue. That, well, that, I mean, that's yeah, but they still play the games. We're, we're, yeah. we're, but they don't. We'll, we'll talk about them in IL talk. But Chicago's real. Like Chicago's on life support for me. And Minnesota's plus one fifteen to win the AL Central on DraftKings. Chicago's minus one twenty, which is actually I think last time we did talked about this division, Chicago was even odds. Now they've actually gone up a little bit. But I look at this Minnesota team and like they got some guys. Luis Arez, the second baseman, having a season hitting 363 in 40 games. Contact bat. Kepler, again, better season, 130 WRC plus. He's hit six home runs. Correa, who just hit the COVID IL, 279, three homers, 122 WRC plus. Like those three guys, you got Urshela, who I know you've been freaking thinking about. Put some respect on my guy's name. That's what I'm saying, and he plays good defense. You hit it. So, so listeners, uh, Friday, um, I, I picked him up in fantasy. I had to drop him for certain reasons because I'm having injury plague right now. So um, Friday, I picked him up, and Williams like, oh ho ho, you're like oh ho ho, you know, 
I've watched him in a Yankees uniform. He's not that great. Ho, 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 ho. And I'm like, you see, go look at my freaking the metrics. Dude's balling. Dude is. But he has a ceiling. Who cares? Who cares? He's a solid player, but he's not going to win you a fantasy league. He could be like a solid utility guy. That's what Melky Cabrera did one year. You remember when Melky Cabrera was on the roids in San Francisco? Bro, yeah, but that's such a random comparison. He was hitting 350. He won people leagues. All right, well, Urshel is hitting 259 with four homers, 20 RBIs, 101 WRC+, plus, which is above league average, or basically right around. Sanchez has yeah. been okay. But, I mean, the, the, I think the most important thing for this Twins team is they've been winning without Buxton, and Buxton hasn't been good. He's hitting Buxton. 205. No, stop, stop. Buxton's been trash. Buxton has been utter dog shit. Like, he's still got a 129 WRC+, plus above league average. You know, he's, he's dog- been hitting the ball. Buxton's been hitting the ball hard. I mean, who cares? He's been dog water, but I can go into Buxton. He's like- not been dog water. I don't know about that. In the past two weeks, he's only had like two hits. I know. He's been getting extremely unlucky. And, and he's been striking pull up, out. Pull up those expected stats. Yeah. Expected stats. Oh, my God. You're but, gonna- but, but, but the most important thing about this, twi- they have other guys. They have other guys in their lineup. But I, I think the most important note, because they've always had a good enough offense. I think their offense is solid enough. The pitching has been surprisingly good. That was the major question mark we had with this team heading into the season. And they have Joe Ryan, who's plus 650 to win American League Rookie of the Year on FanDuel, third favorite odds. He's got a 2-2-8 ERA, 8.72K through 9, K per 9, 43.1 innings pitch, and a 1.0 war. He now is on the injured list, though, I believe. Who? Joe Ryan? Ryan, yeah. But he's been great for them. Sonny Gray has been having a hell of a season. 2.41 ERA, 10.43 K per nine, 0.4. Those two guys, he just hit the IL again today. He did. He hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't, but he's about to. Yeah, he's about to. So they have a solid one-two punch in Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray. And I don't think that's going to win them a World Series or anything, but it could be good enough to win this really bad division. But we were talking before the pod a lot about who they've played. I don't know if you want to get into that on the podcast. So, so here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the hitters. They strike out at a high rate. I don't like this. Um, the average K rate, according to Baseball America, is 21%. And Buxton is at 26%. I'm rounding up from 25.9. Correa is at 24. Jorge Polanco is at 23. Nick Gordon who's getting some time up in the outfield, is at 28.4. Trevor Larnick, 29%. And Gary Sanchez at 28.6%. They strike out at a, a higher rate than usual. And, you know, when it comes down to this team, I'm not that big. Like, it's just like th- this whole division is kind of the same way. It's kind of like, hey, congrats, you made the playoffs, but then you got to go play – a ridiculous team from the West or a wild card team, you're probably going to lose to, you know? Yes, I completely agree. I I think whatever team ends up winning this division will lose in the first round of the playoffs. So it's just like their hitters are good. I don't want to say great, they're good hitters. And it's just like this team's on borrowed time. Like Correa, I don't think is is only going to be there one year because he wants to get paid. Buxton has been dog water. Like you're not like you're not gonna like change that for me. Like he has not been good these past two weeks. 
two weeks, three weeks. Gary, Gary Sanchez has played well, but it's just like we know what he is. And, you know, and I, I'm I, telling you, I would rather have a defensive catcher than a catcher that can hit because well, the Yankees had Gary Sanchez for like six years. We never won shit because his defense was below average and his bat was oh, hit or miss. And I'd rather just have a catcher that'll come in and play elite defense. And I don't really care if you hit. The Astros ran out Martin Maldonado last year. Y'all, who are you running right now? Kyle Higashioka. Kyle Higashioka and Jose Trevino. And Jose Trevino has been good at uh, behind the at the bat. And both of them have been really good defensively. That That's fine. That's all I ask for from catchers, really. I mean, a catcher that can hit, that's a plus. But I'd rather have that defense. Joe Maurer doesn't grow on trees. And I think a Joe Maurer would make this team actually a contender. If you put Joe Maurer in this lineup, because I think that's what it, this team screams. They don't have a leader. They don't have a guy that's, that's going to carry, carry the team. Like Buxton should be that guy. And we talked about it in the past podcast that, you know, he's kind of like that dude. If he if he plays, you know, they usually are, are winning games. Correa, you know, we know he's a top shortstop, but, you know, is he really there? Yeah, like, you, you definitely – I feel like there has to be a, a sense of, like, does he – is he actually committed to Minnesota or is he just here on a rental type thing? I, I don't know if he can be a leader in the clubhouse when there's that kind of dynamic. It's, it's like, is he really there? And, I mean, like, there's just a bunch of good MLB players. Or is there a guy that's going to carry? No. It's a bunch of, like, the way I look at it, I don't want to use the the overused bus driver, bus rider thing <laughs> because it they, doesn't it, work that way in baseball. It doesn't work that way. But there's a bunch of guys like that, you know, a lot of these guys, a good majority of these guys would be in an MLB team starting somewhere. Yes. Like starting somewhere. Like if I tell you right now, hey, can you uh Gio Urshel on the Yankees? You wouldn't say no. You wouldn't say no. Uh I mean, yeah. It's not like he's been that much. It's not like Donaldson's been that much better than what Rochella was. But but you wouldn't say no, or and you know he can play shortstop too, so you wouldn't say yeah, no. He would he would definitely still be in our lineup. And then because then you can move Connor Falefa to mm-hmm. the catcher or whatever. Or you, wouldn't say no. you wouldn't say no. You wouldn't say Gary Sanchez no as a DH. I know you have Stanton, but you wouldn't nah, say I, I, I'm good. No, I, I'm happy that we don't have to watch Gary Sanchez anymore on the Yankees, to be honest. But come on, unbiased opinion. You wouldn't say no. No, I don't think I, I would want him. You wouldn't want him? At maybe. least like a DH? Like, like, as a DH, maybe. Definitely not behind the plate. That's what I'm saying. As a DH, like, uh, like Atlanta does. Atlanta runs Travis Darno at catcher, and then they run William Contreras as a DH. Right, and that's been working for them. Working really that well. You wouldn't say no. You wouldn't say no to a Max Kepler over Aaron Hicks. No, I would. Yeah, I would take Max Kepler ten days out of ten. But so, so like, what we're getting at is like this is a good team, but at the same time, it's just like they're like you know you hear this a lot in life. They're a product of their environment, and when you look at their schedule, and we're gonna go look at before we we wrap up with them, we're gonna look at their schedule. They've played uh, the. The utter dog shit teams of the MLB. They've played the Mariners. They're okay. When they play good teams like LA, lose. Boston, yes, they're under 500, but they still lose. And then they've just beat up on Kansas City, the White Sox, and the Tigers. The White Sox are a good team, but the problem is they're hurt. And we and we go back to what we always go back, William. Say it. What do you have to do in baseball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to beat the bad teams. Got to beat the bad teams. Since 
let's go look at their schedule in May. Since May 12th, which was the last day of the Astros series, they have played. This is May 30th. In the past 18 days, they have played the Guardians, mid mid 500 team. 500. A's, garbage team. Garbage. The Royals. Awful. Detroit. Uh, Awful, awful. And the Royals again. And now they're playing Detroit. And they lost today. And they lost today. And then when June starts starts this month, they're about to get their shit kicked in. I will but <laughs> in two weeks, clip it. In two weeks, they have to play the Blue Jays this weekend, the Yankees, and the Rays. And then they start a series with the Mariners. So come back to me on Monday the 13th or on my birthday, June 20th, and you guys will fucking see. Man, this team is not good. Now, so I don't want to say saying they, they were good, but not great. And now you're I'm, saying they're not. I'm, good. Not, I'm not saying they're not elite. Let's put it that way. They're not up I'm, there. No, they're definitely not elite. They're definitely not contenders. Not up there because they're because then after that they just get the beat up on the Diamondbacks, the Guardians, the Rockies, like fr- free runs. You know, free runs. Hey, they beat up know. on. That's what they do. I don't know. I mean, I think if Vegas still has them at plus odds, they probably don't think they can actually win the division. And again, it's only been like 40 games. We have a hundred, I know we have like a hundred plus to go. So yeah, I still, I still am not there and I want to be there on this team, but I'm just not there. Now, if they have a great run against these tough teams up here coming, coming soon, then we have another situation, but it's important to note they have a lot of injured guys. Sonny Gray's in the aisle. Correa's got COVID. Royce Lewis hit the aisle. Max Kepler's day to day right now. Joe Ryan, COVID. Paddock, Chris Paddock, huge loss. Tommy John surgery. And Maeda, Tommy John. And, and Randy Dobnak. So they have a lot of injuries. And I just can't, I'm not quite there yet with this team. I want to be there, but I'm not there. So yeah, no, yeah, they've, they've been on the aisle, they've been hurt. But to keep it, a, but let's just look at the advanced numbers before we wrap it up. They're twenty nine and twenty with a point with a fifty nine percent win percentage. Uh, six and four in their last ten. They uh, their differential is plus thirty two, so they are getting in runs. So their pitching has been holding up, you know, which you know is surprising. With all due respect, those are not advanced numbers. Those are those are basic stats. You said let's get into the advanced numbers. Those aren't really necessarily advanced numbers. All right, all right screw it. You know, all right. I, mean, I thought you were going to go like expected wins or something. That's where I was going to go, but then you, you, you stopped. Okay, sorry. Go, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, and Austin Riley just got an arm. No, he didn't. There's a wild pitch. Um, 28 and 21 is your expected win loss. So it's a one game difference. But the most damning stat. Is with teams over five hundred, they're five and six. What about okay, yeah. So so they played forty nine games, and only eleven of those have been with teams over five hundred. Compare yeah. that. Compare that to the team like the Yankees, who have played forty eight, uh, forty eight games. Twenty of them have been with teams over five hundred. That's about where you would expect them to be. And you know, Cleveland in that division has played twenty seven teams over five hundred. Wow. 27. 27. I could Cleveland's a team that I could see turn it on uh, down the stretch or 
as we get into the all-star break. Well, there's seven games back, and I think – Well, that's that's manageable. I mean, well, when you have a – it's manageable when you're in a division like the Yankees division that, you know, everybody's playing each other. Yeah, but if you're, like, in this division like the AL Central where you have two dog shit teams, right. you know, it's, it's not really – it's really not really that big, so. All right. So we're both not quite there on the Twins. Now, a team that I kind of peaked my radar this week that's kind of hanging around there is the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now they have a losing record. They're 23 and 26, 11 games back in the division. There's no chance they're going to win the division, but they're only three and a half games back of the wild card. And for comparison, Atlanta is three games back in the wild card behind San Francisco. Those are only the two teams that I can see pushing potentially for a wild card spot. Now they're five and five in the last 10, the Diamondbacks, they lost, Four straight, they got swept by the Dodgers at the weekend. Do you are are you there? Are do you think the the Diamondbacks could be sleepers? Because I, I kind of do. They Here, have- here, here's my Diamondback spiel. I've actually gotten to watch quite a bit of Diamondbacks games. I actually got to watch a couple of the games this weekend versus the the Dodgers. I did get to see them on Apple TV when they played the Cubs. And here, and they are a mid team. They are mid, straight mid team. Which is better than what we expected because they were projected to be one of the worst teams in the picks. They do have – they're just like – they're Minnesota without the star power. Or the star power or, or the star power that we call Minnesota – that we say Minnesota has, which I don't – which we call Buxton and Correa stars. And Buxton's not a star, and I don't think Correa's a top five short, shortstop in the game, which that's like my hot take. I don't think he's top seven. Either. Wow. Okay. Think about it. Sorry, and we're getting off topic. No, 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 no. We do this every week. We're not doing the short stops here. Just keep going on about the Diamondbacks. You're interested, man. Come on, man. You got to give it. We literally did this last week. Okay, well, so so with Arizona, they got good veteran presence. You know, they got Mad Bum. Mad Bum's not Mad Bum of the San Francisco, but he is a veteran presence in that uh, in that pitching staff with uh, Zach Gallon, who's been pitching really, really well. He just got hit around a little bit right now versus Atlanta. Um, they have Merrill Kelly, who's been pitching great also. Davies, who's a scum. Uh, <laughs> Wait, why? You hear that? What happened? So Zach Davies pretty much handed his wife divorce papers and just dipped, like slept in his house. And the next day he was just like, yep, I, I'm starting a new life with a new chick. I'm out. Wow. Straight up dipped. I did not know that. But yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. Like he just like. And he, I think it was like on a road trip, and some dude just handed papers like, "Yeah, you got to get out of the house and everything." Like, wow, yeah, like some shit like that. And I mean, the rotation's not that deep. I mean, you got two or three guys that are good, which I think that's what you need. You you need they have a bunch of two three guys in the playoffs, guys who'd hand the ball to at game three, sort of like how Houston does with Christian Javier and Franville Valdez. You won't have those guys pitch a game two, but you'll definitely have them pitch a game three. You know? Yeah. And, you know, like I said, Josh Rojas is a good utility guy. Dalton Varsha, who's been kind of like a jack-of-all-trades playing outfield, DH, and catcher. He's playing well, hitting real well. Alec Thomas and Pavin Smith, two of their young bucks coming up. Pavin showing some power with Christian Walker. Christian Walker, I think, has 10 or 11 home runs. I think he has 12. He's actually up there in the MLB home run leaderboards. I think the leader is 14, and that's Mookie. Uh, No, the leader is Judge. No, for the NL. NL. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Mookie has 14 leading yeah. nationally. Yeah. And there's 11. He's tied with like a bunch of guys at 11. Yeah. Christian Walker. So, yeah, you know, they got a good mix of guys. And I mean, they're a team that's just straight mids. But like when you go look at the advanced stats, as I call them, um, they've played an abundance of teams over 500. Yeah. They've and played the Dodgers 11 times already. Yeah. They've played 27 games with teams over 500. And like that's something that they really hopped on the uh, telecast on Saturday on Fox. Like this team's like sneaky good in a way but you know they're they're mid they're mid they're straight they don't play the dodgers again until september yeah but then they have to deal with whatever san diego and san francisco are right but they did get those games against the dodgers kind of out of the way and they're only three and a half back in the wild card and they have seven hitters above 100 wrc plus which is league average and on top of that Gatel Marte has not been that great this season and he's heading into the season we would have said he's their best player their best trade piece I don't know if I'm not necessarily sure if this team's going to be sellers at the deadline just because they could still be pushing for that wild card. Now we could see a situation in the National League where San Francisco and uh, San Diego just run away with the the wild card spots, or St. Louis because the closest wild card team right now outside of the wild card spots right now is Atlanta. They're three and a half back. Arizona's four back, and. Like, that's really it. Colorado's not going to contend. Maybe Philly. I don't think Miami will. That's Miami. Come on. you got to give credit, man. That Miami team is loaded. Jazz Chisholm has gone over four in the past, like, five games. So, yeah, I, I think Miami has a chance. They're 19 and 27. Six and a half back of a wild card. I don't know if they're there yet right this year. This I don't know. They're, they're, they ain't there yet. But um, back on Arizona, and, uh, I mean, this – their run differential isn't great, but I mean they played a lot of teams over 500. They've they play teams competitively. I will give them that. They did play the Dodgers competitively, like to the point they lost like three one yesterday, and the other night, like all the games were close. Like you wouldn't, like they're all very close yeah, games. They, they're good. They're not well. They're they're not awful. They're not the A's. They're not the Royals. Whatever. Like they're a tough team. And and, and you know we'll, and, and this is the last point I'll have on them with uh, the whole Arizona or- ordeal is that I think this division top to bottom is underrated, but they're underrated to the point that they're overrated. You know what I mean? That like people don't, don't think Colorado's good and like they aren't good, but they can easily hang 15 runs on you. Like they did this weekend. They hung a bunch of runs. Yeah. up. I think from top to bottom, this is the best division in baseball. You got five, Solid, competent teams. Yeah, semi-competent. I don't want to say fully competent because I don't think Colorado is fully competent. Yes, With- Arizona is competent. Surprisingly, we thought we thought we were getting nothing from Arizona and Colorado this year, and they've shown signs. Like Colorado is incompetent because of the contracts they give, them. but like that's just them. That's what. That's makes- not a day-to-day grind of the season thing. Yeah, but like they, they. I mean, like I said, Arizona is good. They play hard. They play hard. And, like, as a baseball fan, like, if I'm a fan of the Diamondbacks, yeah, we may be under 500. We may be shit. But, like, they play hard. They're not not shit. Yeah, but, like, they're not a good team. So, it's like they play hard. They play how baseball is supposed to be played, you know? So, I could could see – I mean, they have a big series against Atlanta this week, Monday through Wednesday two of those teams that are close in the wild card. I think that's a bigger series for Atlanta, but 
I mean, if Arizona wants to be around, sweep Atlanta and you're there, I think. You sweep uh, Atlanta and maybe you draw a couple games for San Francisco, San Diego, you know. Who knows? Hey, you know, you know who they remind me of right now off the top of my head? Brentford. Yeah. We're talking Premier League, yeah. They're a scrappy team. Like, if you overlook the Diamondbacks on the schedule, like, you'll definitely get a loss. Brentford or Brighton. Yeah. In NBA terms, that would be, you know, the Clippers without the Stars. Yeah, Clippers without the Stars, yeah. Without PG or Kawhi, yeah. Like they, they they play hard, and I think as a fan, I I would uh, I would enjoy watching this team. Like I oh, thought, they're fun to watch. Like when I watched them versus Apple TV, and I saw the schedule, I'm like, man, I have to sit and watch the Cubs and Diamondbacks. But at the end of it, I was more entertained by that game than the Grizzlies uh, Warriors game, and I was actually entertained this weekend watching the Dodgers play versus them. So, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, that, that's all on them. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else you got on them. You, nothing, uh, their bullpen's bad. That's just another note. That's a weakness. Hey, they got good youth though. Alec Thomas is playing real well. Yes, in, in outfield. Yes, very, very well. Very, very real. Uh, have you seen his batting stance? Yeah, I've seen it. It's yeah. He has a lot going on. Yeah. yeah so. I don't, I don't necessarily like those guys that have a lot going on in their stance. But if it works for him, you know. Yeah. Hey, you know. If it works and you get the job done, hey, that's why you stay in the bigs. Hey, he's I think it's isn't it his second week in the bigs and he hasn't yeah, gone he, yeah. yeah, he's new. Second or third week. Yeah, so yeah, he's uh he's he's doing the business. He's doing he's doing he's doing what he gotta do to stay up. Should we do MLB came out with their all MLB team so far last week? Should we talk about that? Yeah, let's talk about that. How about uh, I'll, I'll I'll list the position and the player and I'll you can go through if you agree or disagree, okay? And I'm gonna just uh, brief the listeners quickly. So, uh, so MLB last week Thursday they dropped their uh, team of the team of the year so far, team of the season so far. Like they're all stars, both leagues, one all MLB. So no AL, no NL. And so they put it on their Instagram, and uh, we 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 had some thoughts. So let's let's get it done. We have some thoughts. Uh, we'll go through this. Catcher, they have Wilson Contreras from the Cubs. I disagree. And you would have? There's a lot of guys I would have. Uh, I would have said Dalton Varsho, but when I did my research, Dalton Varsho does not is not the everyday catcher. He kind of like plays outfield. He's more of a utility guy. Yeah, he yeah. So and like catchers, you could put JT Realmuto. He's starting to get it. Maybe uh, Kiebert Ruiz if he had a bigger sample sample size. Um. I think you have a couple different ones than I do, but I, I don't think Wilson is – is he's not the catcher of the year. He won't be the best catcher. I think if you count Varsho yeah. as a so, catcher, yes. what, about, take, what about second base? They have oh, So first base, they have Paul Goldschmidt. Wait, I think. Wait, 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 wait. Before we keep going, who do you have at catcher? I'll go Varsho. But if it wasn't Varsho, because Varsho doesn't – If it wasn't Varsho, I'd probably go Contreras. I'm, I'm okay with that. All right, okay, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not comfortable with it. Let's put it that way. First base, they have Paul Goldschmidt. I don't I don't have anything to say about that one. He's probably running away with the MVP for the NL if he keeps this up. Yeah, second base, they have Jazz Chisholm. Uh, when I saw it, I was like, absolutely not. Jazz, for, for what it's worth, he leads second baseman in WRC+. Yeah, but he hasn't hit for anything in the past week. And I know he got hurt, but he hasn't been hitting. He's been going over. But it's a full season. It's not last week. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A full season, he hasn't been hitting. Or he doesn't play every day either. He yeah, like, only played 35 games. He hasn't faced. I think it's lefties. He doesn't face that often. Yeah. So, I mean, no. Like I, I'm not having him. Uh, I make the case for Jeff McNeil. That's, that's what I was gonna say. Jeff McNeil. Yeah. Jeff McNeil. Who else? You can put Jose Altuve. He's had a good year as well. Honestly, Glaber Torres. Oh my God, Yankee bias, but I mean, he's like sixth amongst WRC plus. So, what does Ty France play? Ty France is a first baseman. All right, I keep thinking about his MLB the Show card, which plays all infield. Did I use him at second? So, yeah. So, um, uh, shortstop, they had Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, and I will agree with that. And that's no bias. I have stats to back that one up. I mean, he's leading shortstops in WRC plus and average. Yeah, it's kind of hard to pick against. Uh, it's hard to pick against Tim Anderson. He's had the best season offensively amongst shortstops. Only one you can make. So, so here's some stats. For Tim Anderson, ranks him on shortstops. He's number one for hits. He's number one in batting average, number one in slugging, and number one in on-base percentage. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to pick against that. Um, third base, they have Manny Machado. I definitely agree with that. He's been elite. Oh, sorry. By the way, Diamondbacks just hit a home run, three run shot. They're up three to one on the Braves. Who hit it? Haven. Haven Smith. All right. There we go. Um, left field, they have Taylor Ward. Here's my thing with Taylor Ward I don't mind it right now. Right now. When it, when it dropped, I don't mind it. But I might switch if he continues to play like he played. And you would have – Well, there's so many things you can have outfield for, you know. You could – because you can have Trout. Trout's on it. Trout's so. In, yeah, so Trout's in center. I mean, agree. And then right field's judge, I agree. Yeah, I mean, there's some outfield – crap, I'm going blank right now. Who do you have if it wasn't for Ward? You could have Ben Attendee. Yeah, Ben Attendee, but – that's that's a guy I talked about with my buddy. He's a he's a Royals fan, and um, I was talking about like he is a sneaky trade piece for the deadline. He's hitting three twenty seven with two homers, nineteen RBIs, one forty two WRC plus. If you counted Jeff McNeil as an outfielder because he plays both, Austin Hayes, uh, Brantley, yeah, and Hap, Chris Taylor, Mookie, Mookie's that, a right fielder, but but it doesn't matter. It's outfield three outfielders. Yeah, so I mean, Judge, Trout, Ward, Benintendi. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys. I mean, we can go on about outfield and on. I mean, we. I, 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 I think the main one that I take issue with are DH and relief pitcher. Their DH is Bryce Harper. What, what do you not agree with Bryce? How is it not JD Martinez? Well, that's the thing. We we we're gonna have a fight over that because they both deserve it. Yeah. Bryce is hitting over 300, and he's been having, again, NL MVP numbers. But so Martinez has better average, better OBP, worse slug, but he's 32, 33 more in WRC+. Yeah, because he plays in fucking Boston, probably. And then the relief pitcher, they went with uh, J.P. Fierson. And, and, and don't get me wrong, that's not – don't get me wrong. That's not a bad pick, but it's not the best reliever in the game. And yeah, it should be Josh Hader. Like, it's not even a question. It should be Josh Hader. And then the pitcher is Justin Verlander. 
which really, uh, yeah. he's been the best pitcher in baseball this year. You could make the argument for nasty Nestor. I, I'm a Yankee fan, and I have no issue with Verlander being in that. Verlander game. got rocked Saturday, and you watched that game. Well, he's still – it's a full season. It's not the last week. It's the full season. Hey, nasty Nestor has not had a bad start. That is true. And, you know, and that's something, that, you know, with the whole thing, mainly we don't agree with Jazz. As much as we both are big Jazz fans, we enjoy what he brings to the diamond. We, we just don't see it yet. Like, he does have that potential. DH is a toss-up because Bryce is now a DH since he's not fielding because he can't throw. And JD could easily be there. And then Tyler Ward, I want to see him after injury. So He's on the I.L. right now. Tough loss for L.A. They, they're actually in a – No, he played. He's back. Oh, okay. Well, they're still – L.A. is still kind of at a, like a crossroads. They just got swept against the Blue Jays. They're second place in the division. They got to get back back in the group. How do they respond to that sweep? I'll be interested to follow that. Tyler Ward hit a, hit a homer yesterday. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that wraps up with the team of the, team of the year. With it that they get that so team of the year so far. One other quick note: I was reading a an article on the Athletic today. It was MLB season's first forty games, ten like takeaways from uh, Jason Stark. One of the last things he wrote about was the the pitch clock. And for those that don't know, pitch clock's been being used in the minor leagues this year. And what it is, fourteen second pitch timer with no one on base in between pitches. So the pitcher has to throw the ball within 14 seconds. And then with runners on base, 18 or 19 seconds, um, the effect on the game game, average game time is down 28 minutes from last season, three hours and three minutes to two hours and 35 minutes and strikeouts and walks have also both declined in the minor leagues. My question for you is, are you pro pitch clock? Because it, it it seems like reading this article and they had interviewed executives, it seems like everyone's pro pitch clock and everyone kind of seems to think it's going to be happening next year in the bigs. Are you pro or, or against it? I'm for it and against it. Because at first, like, you're going to bring runs, which runs bring fans, but I'm against it because, you know, pitching's an art. And, you know, as as, as enthusiasts, you I, I enjoy – the, it's it's the psychological aspect of pitching, and you know, I mean, for me, you just gotta like pitchers should get pitch clocked because you can't have guys that take ages. But then I don't like guys like so. For instance, Sean Manaya, Sean Manaya finishes an inning in like two minutes if he could. Yeah. That, Pace is ridiculous. And then there's guys like I think it was Tyler Anderson. I can't remember Tyler Anderson. Yesterday or something like that, he just pitches slow. Yeah, I mean it's it is what it is. Ugh. For me, for me, I think you we need it because I, the games, some of them have been just so long. I'm not trying to watch four hours of Cubs Diamondbacks, and I know I don't have to, but I think we have to cut down on the game time. We just do if we want to compete with other sports. Um, you have to. And, Interesting, like go go back and watch any of the old school baseball games from the World Series in like the five 1980s. Hours. Five hour games. They were five hour games. I would never forget. Oh, they were way shorter in the yeah. 80s. The dudes, Wait, the games were way shorter back in the day. I remember back in the 2000s. For I said 1970s, 1980s. Like the pitcher would throw a pitch and just get right back on the mound and throw it again. I, I remember 
back in the 2000s. You remember when uh, the Astros had Lance Berkman, the old NL Central? Yeah, that's okay. They, they, they were Roger Clemens. I remember one series, it was like Cardinals versus Astros. And it was like three hour plus games every single night for, the, for that playoff series. And we don't, that's not good for the game. I mean, I get, nope. it, I, get I get it. I don't get it. Like, I have no argument because you can, I, both sides are easily, equally compelling. I'm pro pitch clock. I think we need it. I think it's going to shorten the games, and that's we need that. Like I said, I'm both. It's it, like the, it's going to be one of those things when we look back on it. Like it's like wow, we used to play without a pitch clock. It's going to become normal. I think. Like we'll get used to it quickly. Like I said, there's there's arguments for and against. It's like it's like law, you know, for and against. You're given the political answer, they're not committing to one side. Hey, it's like I'm not going on one side with the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. I'll just stay in the middle. Okay. Uh, with that note, let's get into our team of the week from last week, which was May 23rd through May 29th. I'll get it kicked off. Catcher Christian Vasquez from Boston, six games, 28 plate appearances, one home run, nine RBIs, 500 average, 538 OBP with a 274 WRC plus. It was actually a good week for catchers. Uh, JT Real Muto had a great week. Great week. And, but we went with Christian Vasquez because the Red Sox offense has been clicking lately, but still not necessarily resulting in uh, wins because their bullpen's very bad. But before, before you continue, did you watch the Apple TV game on Friday? Was that Red Sox Orioles? Yes. I did not watch that game. I, I watched it and they were up 8 0, 7 0. Oh, and, that's the game they blew. Yeah. Yeah. They, and like I turned, I didn't turn it off. I kept it on in the background. I started watching another game. And next thing I know, I look up and I see it was like the eighth. Like they, Orioles came back in three innings and they won 12 to eight. Yeah. And horrible, they opened. They also lost uh, yesterday. Yeah. They had a double header yesterday. I think they split and it was a five game series. Um, and I, they're playing them right now and they're losing. Yeah, which is they were down four zero when I saw the score, which is crazy. Six zero, um, it's six zero Orioles over the Red Sox right now. We might have to have an intervention on them again. We might. They, like I swear, you know what they are? They they they're that guy that stops coming to therapy, and, <laughs> and then when they start stop going to therapy, they start fucking up again. And when they go to therapy, they feel good and they start putting up runs. When they came to therapy, what happened? They were team of the week. Now that they stop coming to therapy. You know, they're back to their old ways, back on their bullshit. Yeah. Um, next team of the week, uh, infielder, Paul Goldschmidt. Still can't get him out of my ears and eyes. Six games, 26 plate appearances, five runs, four home runs, 11 RBIs, hitting 417 with a WRC plus of 284. Yeah, I, MVP. Uh, and he hit a home run today. Of course, Nolan Arenado cannot hit the jack out of the ball for the past two weeks, and I am – Having to watch Paul Goldschmidt steal all the RBIs. Yeah, he's annoyed with the fantasy there. Uh, next infielder, Ty France, who's been a regular in the team of the week this year. Six games, 26 plate appearances, five runs, one home run, seven RBIs, 476 average, 577 uh, on-base percentage, and a 283 WRC+. plus. Ty France has been great for the Mariners, but has not resulted in wins for the team. They're such a yo-yo team. Very yo-yo. And here's a quick question for food for thought. You don't have to answer this. Come back to me next week. Who is your representative from the Mariners 
Ty France or Julio Rodriguez? For the All-Star game? Yeah, don't, don't give me an answer. Think about it. We'll, we'll come back to it. Okay. Next guy, Jose Ramirez. Pretty much a AL MVP candidate. Yeah. Six, two, 26 plate appearances, five runs, three home runs, 11 RBIs, three stolen bases, hitting a 348 with a WRC plus a 286. He's so, been so consistent. He's been in our team of the week a lot this year. Very much. Hey, that's who should be on team of the week. That's who they – well, that's Manning's position. Manny Machado. I was about to say on the team all-star for the MLB, but, you know, it's whatever. Uh, infielder, the last one is Evan Longoria. Five games, 20 plate appearances, uh, five runs, four homers, four homers, eight RBIs, 389 average, and a 323 WRC plus, which actually I believe led infielders on the week. I believe it did too. Next, Mookie Betts. He's finally found the ball and the bat, hitting the lights out of the ball the past week. Seven games, 30 plate appearances, nine runs, four home runs, eight RBIs, one stolen base, hitting 423 for the week with a WRC plus a 299. Very good week for Mookie, hitting, getting good power out of that bat for the Dodgers. Probably the best outfielder in the National League so far this season. Next outfielder is another National League um, player, actually NL West player, is Jack Peterson from San Francisco. Six games, 23 plate appearances, five runs, four homers, 13 RBIs, 421 average, 500 OBP, and a 334 WRC plus, which led outfielders. And he is our hitter of the week. How ironic. Uh, very ironic with the whole Tommy Pham thing, but he's been producing this season, so I had to make him on the team and our hitter of the week. I picked him up in fantasy again. You think, uh, you think the Dodgers are regretting letting him go? The Dodgers? Well, he was on the Braves last season. Yeah, but, but before that with the Dodgers. Are they? No. But imagine him in left field instead of Chris Taylor. Well, I mean, Chris Taylor's a jack of all trades. I just, I don't know. It's just that line of construction would be weirdly with him in it. I don't, yeah. I don't see the fit, how he would fit, just the balance of the bats. But anyways, um, last outfielder for the week is J.D. Martinez, Boston, six games, 32 plate appearances, 10 runs, no homers, three RBIs, 542. And then he's on base six, six, five, six for the week. Six fifty six on the week with a seventy seven WRC plus. I just stuttered the shit out of that number. I don't know why. But we know he's not an outfielder. But we had to get him in the team somehow. He he he's been hitting great. He 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 finds his way on the base pass, and I think he has a, a streak alive of being on base. He hasn't been an on base machine. Yeah. Yeah, he's been great for Boston. And then last utility guy is Francisco Lindor from the Mets. Six games, 27 plate appearances, 10 runs, two homers, 14 RBIs, a stolen base, 348 average, 407 OBP, and a 240 WRC+. plus. Some guys that just missed the cut, Cole Calhoun, Julio Rodriguez, Luis Arez, Dansby Swanson, and Jeff McNeil. And then... It's good to see uh, Francisco on there. Um, I think I think if you're, I don't, I don't, a lot of people are saying buyer's remorse for the Mets. I don't think the Mets because I kind of think he's like kind of the lead of the culture change there. And uh, good to see Dansby getting some credit. I know some Braves fans are very frustrated with Dansby. Very hot and cold player, to say the least. He's been one of the best, if not the best, defensive shortstops this year, though. 
Yes, that, that, that's what I'm saying. People are high and cold with him. They, yeah. they don't know how to feel. I had one brace saying I know it was like, I want Tim Anderson when his contract's up. So, uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, luck. That's going to be tough. Good luck. I mean, whatever. But pitchers, pitcher of the week is Tyler Anderson for the Dodgers. He had two starts, one with Washington against Washington, eight innings, five hits, no earned, no walks, eight strikeouts. And then versus Arizona at Arizona, six innings, five hits, no earned, one walk, six strikeouts, and another Dodger win. 14 innings pitched and only one walk. That is – that's impressive. That's why he's our pitcher of the week, even though his two starts were against bad teams. And I, I, I disagreed with this this one, but, you know, the, that one. But, hey, he deserves his credit. Who, Kyler Anderson? Yeah. All right. And then our second starter is Corbin Burns who had two starts. The first one was against the Padres in San Diego. He pitched six innings, five hits, one run, two walks, five strikeouts, Brewers, one, four, one. And then yesterday, Sunday in St. Louis, seven innings, two hits, no earned runs, one walk, and 11 strikeouts, an easy Brewers win, eight, four. So he got that run support and was kind of in cruise control, but he shut down the Cardinals um, on Sunday. So great week for Burns. Next, we got reliever of the week, Clay Holmes. He's really grabbing the bull by the horns for the closer. Yes, uh, three games, three innings, two hits, five strikeouts, two saves. Some honorable mentions for this week. Uh, Sonny Gray had a really good week. Sad, we'll talk about him later. Sandy Alcantara had a great start versus the Atlanta yesterday. Shot him down. Uh, Joel Cunel for the Reds also had six innings of relief where he shut him down. And JP Fire and Ison for your Tampa. You want to take this rookie corner? No, you got it. You, this is uh, this is always you. You like the rookies. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I, I've been uh, cracking some rookies this year, and I'm kind of mad right now because I knew this was gonna happen. I called it weeks ago that I would. I'm always the type of guy that buys into the rookies hard in fantasy, and then I get frustrated after two weeks of them not producing. And now, of course, Bobby Wood Jr., and then this last past week, had six games, 27 plate appearances, five runs, two homers, eight RBI, one stolen base, hitting 370 with a 240 WRC plus third amongst third baseman, which is ridiculous, and his last 15 games are crazy. And then Julio, Julio doing, doing Julio things. He's a star in the making out in Seattle. Six games, 26 plate appearances, five runs, three homers, seven RBIs, two stolen base, hitting 280 for the week, and 188 WRC+, plus, which is 10th, but he's doing the business out there in Seattle. Some other notes, Alec Thomas is doing great. Spencer Strider is making his first start in the bigs. Yeah, he's been used as a reliever for the Braves. He's now starting tonight. Um, Michael Harris, one of the Braves' top outfielding prospects, was called up this week. He debuted, I think it was Saturday. Versus Miami. Yep. So that's that's some of the rookie notes I have written down. I may have missed a couple. Now we got team of the week. Yeah, we're, so we're finally getting some production from from rookies. Yeah, team of the week. Got to go Blue Jays. Uh, they went six and one on the week. Won one of two in St. Louis, but then swept all four games in Los Angeles against the Angels, which was a huge series heading into it. And they just shut them down. And they had a nice clutch win, come from behind win. Uh, yesterday, but because um, Barrios got shelled, like you said, but they still managed to win the game. Quality, quality, quality. So they'll be there. They'll be in the mix. I don't know if they're going to win the AL East, but they'll definitely make a run for it. I don't think – I don't know if the Yankees are going to run away with it. It's going to be a tough, tough fight, and I think Toronto will be, will be there. We'll see. 
And, hey, and you know they, that St. Louis one, they should have won that one. They uh, they blew it with the Goldie Homer. But. Yeah, that game went to extra innings, so they could have been seven and zero. Oh. I don't I don't know if we've had a seven and zero oh week for a team yet. We haven't. Yeah, well, Dodgers are honorable mention. Two or three out of Washington, and, all, and they swept Arizona. The only reason they're not team of the week is because they played dog shit teams. Yeah. Finally, we've made everybody's favorite part of the week pushing P. Yeah, so we're going Rockies this week. Uh, went two and five, which isn't awful. There actually wasn't like a runaway candidate this week. Two and five, but look who they played. They lost two of three in Pittsburgh, and then they lost three of four to the Nationals. So they went two and five against two of the worst teams in the in baseball. That's that's rough. Very bad. And they gave up runs. And yeah. the games that they did win, they didn't give up runs. They scored like two runs or something like that. Yeah. Moments. Cubs, 20 runs on 20 hits to the Reds. You gave up 20 runs to a triple-A team. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. That's our pushing team moment. That's really bad. Very bad. Um, uh, all, uh, my phone was blown up with my buddy. He, he's a Reds fan, and he was just like, bro, we scored 20. We're, we're, we're actually playing better. And I'm like, no, that's just flash ban. You know? It's like, you know, it's like hitting the jackpot in the casino. You know, doesn't happen twice. Nope. I'll talk my favorite part of the week talking about these injuries. Uh, <laughs> Why is this your favorite part? I'm, I'm going to run through them quickly because uh, I don't want to have the listeners listening a lot. Tim Anderson is going to hit the aisle with the groin injury. He was hurt yesterday versus the Cubs. Dalton Marshall is day to day, but he's actually back in the lineup today. Mike Soroka has uh, been moved to the uh, Atlanta Braves spring training facility to continue his rehab. They're looking like late July, early August for him. Lance Lynn had a triple A rehab start. They need him. Eloy Jimenez had a hamstring setback. We called that. Mike Miner is uh, coming back this Friday from the IL. Kyle Tucker had an MRI today. He's still day-to-day with his left foot. Lance McCullers is doing forehand rehab, which he's progressing really well. Anthony Rendon was placed on the IL. Andrew Heaney and Clayton Kershaw are progressing. They're both starting to throw. Heaney is facing live hitters. Kershaw is – Throwing from distance right now, soon. Sixto and Jesus Lazardo are concerning right now for the Marlins. They have not been able to start their rehab programs. Bra- uh, once the Brewers start getting healthy, they start getting hurt. Brandon Woodruff's on the aisle with the ankle. I saw that injury live. Uh, he's going to be out for some time. Willie Adamas was supposed to be back last week. We'll be back this week. And Hunter Renfro should be back this weekend as and well. And also Freddie Peralta landed on the intern list for them as well. We talked about that last week. We talked about the IL for the uh, IL and whatever for the Twins, so I'm not going to get into that one. Um, Jacob DeGrom is feeling good in his rehab, and he feels okay, so he should be coming back. Mike Clevenger should be returning this weekend after his IL stunt for triceps. Uh, Jake Flaherty, Jack Flaherty is facing live hitters. Uh, Jordan Hicks is on the IL with a forearm strain. Steven Strasburg had a rehab start and single A. And then the Yankees, just a bad week for him. Chapman's on the aisle with the Achilles. Jonathan Lewise is on the IL. Josh Donaldson's on, just got a quarter zone shot. Zach Britton is progressing in his rehab. Domingo Herman's also progressing in his rehab. Should be back really soon. And Stanton with the ankle was on the IL. Yeah. Did you say Jordan Hicks landed on the injured list? I did say that one. I did indeed say that one. How far now, are the cards? Any thoughts on that? For the Yankees, um, it's – I think Chapman going on the injured list is actually a blessing in disguise because Clay Holmes is finally going to step into that closer role, and he's been really good. I don't know. He might be our closer the rest of the way. And you know what's so funny for you listeners? 
last year when this trade happened because Clay Holmes was a pirate. You were like, what the fuck are we doing? You you hated it. Every Yankee fan hated that trade because we needed more at that time. Well, what did I text you? Hey, that Yankee player development. And now everybody's like, man, Clay Holmes, Clay Holmes, Michael King, man, this bullpen, man, Clay Holmes is a godsend. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been great. I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah, yeah, you were you were trashing the trade. Admit it. Admit Everyone it. was. No one expected him to be this good. I was the only one giving him hope. I was just uh, like, hey, yeah, yeah, you were the only one. Yeah, right. right, right. If this if it was in the podcast, it would have been clipped. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, you'd be distributing that clip everywhere. Uh, of course, I would. You know, I'm so clippable. Also, in IL talk, uh, Max Muncy hit the IL, and one of the monitors that just came in. Cody Bellinger is scratched from tonight with leg tightness. Interesting. Dodgers having some injury trouble. They'll still win 120 games. Yeah, because they'll just have uh, – they'll just go trade for Juan Soto. You know, they'll trade half their form. God, I know. I saw that rumor floating around. I swear if they – oh, my God. Not this year. Just not this year. Not the, not this year. We'll, and we'll talk about more trade than that in another pod. But, the crazy um, thing is their farm system is still respectable. It is you know you know why right? Because uh, one of their front office guys was an ex Tampa guy, and so he kind of redid their whole farm and everything. And so they've kind of been finding guys like Muncie, Chris Taylor, who have turned out to be really good players that were veterans. Justin Turner too. So Pepio, yes. So you know they, they're a good farm. They, they're really respectable franchise. And Todd uh, Todd Bowley, the new Chelsea owner owner. Part of the Chelsea consortium uh, deal, um, they they just splash money. Yeah. So, all right. What about uh? I was gonna ask, before before we get off, I was gonna ask you: Is there any injury that you kind of like? Hmm, I, I kind of keep an eye on that you're interested in, like monitoring, because I know there's yeah. a lot. But- uh, for me, I think the Brewers' rotation injuries are huge, and also I'm I'm monitoring Lance Lynn because. The, the White Sox need another arm. And again, uh, I think, yeah, those are the two main ones. And yeah. And Eloy Jimenez, that hamstring setback. When that happened, we said it looked like it was going to be way worse than what they were projecting. And sure enough, they, he hits a setback and that's tough. My five, the monitor. Here's my five. And I'll be quick. Tim Anderson, Anderson, because that's my guy. And you know he's he's a he's a huge part of that offense because Yon Makata's dog shit. Um, uh, next one, Anthony Rendon. He's a big one. He's been starting to get around too. Sad that Sixto and uh, and Jesus Lazardo haven't been able to progress. Um, Dodgers injuries are interesting. The uh, Grom interesting. Flaherty also is interesting to see him come back. But mainly the one I'm. The most keen to see what happens. I want to see what happens when D- Domingo and Britain come back. Yeah, we need a lefty reliever. Linky's okay, but Britain will be a huge addition. Yeah, so I- I'm interested to, to see what happens. And well, um, we'll preview the week. Uh, I'll have some series that we want to talk about. We uh, talked about the series between um, the Braves versus the Diamondbacks going Monday through Wednesday. Padres Cardinals played today and they go through Wednesday. Cardinals got the game one six to three. My biggest one, and we're is Angels Yankees. Nestor's pitching, Otani's pitching in New York. 
Uh, I'm in New York. Tuesday through Thursday. Tuesday's on TBS, baby. And then Wednesday is on FS1. Yeah. So, you know. You, they, they're coming off a sweep to the getting swept by the Blue Jays. So it's a big series for them, and it's a big series for us. And Otani's pitching and Nasty Nestor. So, hey, Nestor gets oh, a test. What, what more can you want, man? Nestor, get, Nestor gets tested, and Otani gets tested. And isn't this Otani's first time playing pitching under New York? No, he started last year. Actually, he didn't get out of the first inning against us last summer. He didn't or did? He did not. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. And, you know, his contract's up. He could be a future Yankee, you know? Yeah, I doubt it. And uh, Cardinals, Cubs, you know, there's just series that get recycled that I don't need more of. It's kind of like NFC East games in football. I don't want to see yes, – that's so true. I don't want to see the Cowboys versus the Eagles for the 15th time on NBC. Like, they, like I don't need to watch the Cubs on prime time. Like, no. Are they the Sunday night game? They are the Sunday night game. Ugh. And they are the Saturday night. I can't believe it's not Mets Dodgers. And it's because, well, the Mets were this week. Oh, right. They were against Philly yesterday. That was a good yeah. game. But, like, but the thing is, I rather would have had Mets Phillies, not them. I rather had another series because Mets Phillies was a month ago. When I was in Vegas, I was watching the game. I was like, wow. Right. Yeah, so. Mets Dodgers is an outstanding series this weekend, Thursday oh, through Sunday. That's two best teams in the National League. Four game series, too. So all pitching staffs are going to get unleashed. Yeah, tune um, it in. Tune in, tune in. Uh, Padres Brewers, another rerun. Um, you see some fraudulent teams play. I, I don't mind playing seeing that. Um, yeah, Angels, Angels, Phillies. You know, Angels are on their East Coast trip. I want to see how many runs get put up in that one because I know both teams are going to get shelled for about twenty runs each. Mm-hmm. Twins, Jays. I put that down. And then this week, NCAA college baseball tournament. Today was a selection show, and I know. Yep. We'll be uh we'll be talking about some of the players, the highlights of teams, and uh, highlights some players from the big teams and for the draft. And Michigan, we'll be- Michigan won the Big Ten as a five seed and made the tournament. They're in the Louisville regional with Louisville, Oregon, and I think Wright State. Wright State. Actually, the college baseball tournament is super super fun. Uh, sixty four teams, sixteen regionals. Then they go to all double elimination this weekend. Then they go to Super Regionals and then Omaha. It's, it's a lot of fun. Tennessee is the prohibitive favorite at plus 250. Second favorite, Oregon State at plus 900. Tennessee. <laughs> Sorry, I see. Tennessee is one of the best baseball teams uh, in, in college baseball history. So. Hey, will they? Hey, do they have some Arsenal DNA in them? Will they bottle it? I've heard there there's some serial bottlers. I heard they do like the choke. It is Tennessee baseball, so or Tennessee sports in general have known to uh, not pull through. I guess they they've known to choke, but it'll be it'll be fun to watch. I love the college baseball tournament. I hope Michigan does well. You got a pick or? Nah. I don't watch that much college baseball. I'm kind of a neutral. I'm just watching to see some baseball. So I'll just be watching like some of the players in the tournament. Like, uh, is Florida in it? Yeah, Florida. They have a regional. Uh, they are. I can look. Florida is with Oklahoma, Liberty, and Central Michigan. I'll be watching them because uh, they got Judd Fabian, and I like and I, and I like I've I've liked Judd Fabian. Like I've seen so, him play a couple times. For, and, uh, I know we mentioned last week we'd do some MLB draft notes this week. I, I will say I watched. Um, I have some notes that I wrote down. So go ahead. I watched uh, Blade Tidwell, right-handed pitcher from Tennessee. He's a projected. Mid first round draft pick, they got him at number seventeen right now. 
I watched his start on Thursday against Vanderbilt, second round of the SEC tournament. He he's good. Uh, 94 to 97 mile an hour fastball, 84 mile an hour changeup. Um, he's got a wipeout slider, so he's really a three pitch guy. He throws his fastball 54% of the time, 34% of the time he throws the changeup and then, or sorry, the slider and then 10% the changeup. And he has a curveball that he only throws 2% of the time. So he's solid. I think he struggled with his command a little bit early on, felt like he was kind of overthrowing, trying to throw a little bit too hard. Um, he's very slow to the mound with runners on base. Tennessee seemed to let um, Vanderbilt steal bases on them, and they had no issue with, you know, Tidwell being very slow to the mound. Tennessee still won the game. They won the SEC tournament, ran through it. Uh, he's their number one guy. He's, he's a mid, again, like I said, mid-first rounder projected. Uh, if he has a great tournament, I could see him boosting up the, the draft board. But right now I kind of see him projecting as a reliever just because he only has really three pitches and struggles with that command. To me, he projects as a reliever in the big leagues, but that's, that's, that's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like to me. When you started three pitch guy, big fastball, wipeout slider, you know, that's kind of what I, I see. I see him like a late inning type of guy. Yeah. Kind of, kind of close it down. You know, there were a couple it. other prospects in those uh, Spencer Jones from out uh, Vanderbilt outfielder projected 36th overall pick. Uh, big lefty bat. He's six foot seven, uh, hit 397 with nine home runs and 48 RBIs in the season. Slow, slow, long swing. So I feel like he's going to be a high strikeout guy if he, if he ever makes the big leagues. Is he at uh, Aaron Judge region? Maybe. And then he <laughs> had uh, Drew Gilbert from Tennessee, projected 28th overall pick. Smaller lefty bat, uh, average guy, aggressive earlier in the counts. He's okay. We'll see. He'll be a mid first rounder. We'll see if he makes it, but those are, I was watching that game. SEC tournament's got a lot of talent and those were some notes I had. So those are three guys to look forward in, in the tournament uh, too this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be watching. Oh, doesn't LSU have a top 10 guy? That looks yeah, like LSU has a projected like top five guy. I think he looks like a, he looks like, I saw him and he looked exactly like Drew Brees or something like that. Like he yeah. looks exactly. So I'll, I'll, I'll start watching him. Yeah, I'll, I'll tune in for some games and, and I'll have my notes. Uh, be watching some guys, some, uh, some players, you know. I'm, I'm a pretty casual, so for it's, a, it's a very hitter heavy draft this year. There, the not many pitchers, I don't think there's a single pitcher projected in the top 10 right now, actually. Kumar could rise up, and the guy you're talking about is Jacob Berry, third base slash outfield. That, that's his name, yeah. yeah. Kumar could rise up, Kumar Raka, yeah, he's got injury problems though. Yeah, well, you know, if he pitches good in single, what is it? Single A or like uh, an independent ball? Yeah, independent ball. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I'll run through the TV schedule. I don't want to bore y'all. We kind of should have talked about the prospects earlier. Um, TV schedule this week, as we briefly touched, Angels and Yankees are TBS and FS1. Uh, and then MLB really wants to kill us. They really want us to hate baseball because, like, Royals, Guardians, shit versus shit. Shit versus mid. Let's put it that way. You know, it's like deciding if you want Applebee's or you want chilies. That's <laughs> that one. That, <laughs> that'll be on YouTube. Uh, it's <laughs> not the great. Twins are always horrible. It was Twins versus Tigers last week. It's not great, but it's not bad. It's free, I guess. Uh, you know, Tigers, Yankees on Apple TV. You know, they really want us to hate ourselves. You got to watch the Yankees beat on the Tigers. 
God, the Tigers are so bad. It's so disappointing. I haven't seen a game, so I'll have my notes on that one next week. Uh, I could have a 20-minute rant on Javier Baez. Javier Baez is the Russell Westbrook of the freaking MLB. We'll, we'll talk about that next week when after Apple TV. Braves and Rockies. Uh, Braves are going to go blight up a spliff up in uh, Colorado. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe the Rockies will wear their new 420 uniforms. <laughs> no, maybe the license plate uniforms. They'll wear the license plate uniforms. Yeah. And then on Fox on Saturday, we got Angels and Phillies and Cardinals and Cubs. Check your local uh, listings to see what game. But I know Fox is going to fucking check your local listings and pray to God you get Angels Phillies over Cardinals <laughs> Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, man. Yeah, because if you get fucked with Card- I know Fox is going. Fox is like, you know what the Cardinals are to Fox? Well, the Saints, because they always put the fucking Saints on. Fox. No, no, the Cowboys are, are the Cardinals for Fox. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. So like, I can't stand. Like, I love the Cardinals. Like, I don't have any beef against their fan base. I love the stadium. I just can't stand. Cardinals and Cubs at Wrigley. Like I know they, it just it just doesn't do it for me. And then sat, and then Sunday, of course, Cardinals and Cubs. And they we don't have to have, shove it down our throats. Cardinals Cubs this weekend. And we don't have K-Rod to like watch Alex Rodriguez do some. We dumb haven't had K-Rod in a while. Well, you know why, right? A-Rod's bopping around everywhere. He was at game seven last night. A- A-Rod's bopping around the NBA with a new blunt every night. So oh my god. <laughs> He's doing that, and like uh, they got hockey on. They had a uh, ESPN had the battle of Alberta between Edmonton and uh, Edmonton and what's what's other team? Calgary. And then they had uh, they have the Rangers versus the Hurricanes right now. That's so, true. They have hockey, yeah. And they and they have the rights to the I don't know what side, but it's kind of like the same way they do in NBA. That and TNT had the Western Conference Finals and right, right. So I don't know. So. We'll definitely won't get K Rod in a NBA Finals is due. So I, I really don't know when K Rod. We might not see K Rod till after the All Star break, to be honest. Who knows? I couldn't tell you. Hey, all I know is uh, I'm fiending for more Michael K. Like Michael K on yes. Watch the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not trying to watch the Tigers. So well, we played the Angels this week, so that's a good. I'll tune in on Thursday, probably. Here we go. All right, well, another good week in the books. This one was a little bit longer than normal, but I feel like we covered quite a lot. Uh, thanks for joining me again this week. We will be back next Monday for another weekly recap. Thank you all for listening to this episode, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace out. Peace out.